Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and today's episode is all about delegating that shit. So there are four questions that you need to ask yourself when you are looking to delegate and increase productivity through delegation, and we are going to unpack them. The first question you need to ask yourself is why. Why is it important to delegate? tasks to somebody else. Especially if you've been doing it all yourself, you might want to, but not sure how to go about this. So you really have to tap into why it would be important. And the first reason why it's important is it saves time. Your time is valuable and it is precious. And if you don't do these things, you're not able to complete as many jobs in a shorter period of time. You're not operating as a CEO. You are the producer in your business, but you're not able to step into the CEO role because you're grinding it out. You're the one who's doing all of the work, even the stuff that is, I don't want to say lowly work, because but really grunt work. You're doing all of it. And doing this and saving the time can really increase your productivity and create space for more personal time, you know, that elusive work-life balance, or even really create space for more work. You can create a higher productivity so that you can incorporate more clients into your business. Whereas right now you're limiting yourself um, because your time is finite. And so that's one of the reasons. Another reason is it reduces stress. So statistics from a study by Bank of America say that small business owners report that managing their business is four times more stressful than raising children. And I, as the mom of three children can attest to this and say that although raising my children is very stressful, managing my business can be even more stressful. And so, you know, it's no secret and it's no accident that people call their business their baby. And this is because we put all of our heart and soul into our business. And it can be really stressful because we're not sure if we're doing it right. We're not sure if we should, you know, make the next move or what's going to be best. And so this study that was done in saying that people report that managing their business is four times more stressful than raising children is very telling to the level of stress that we have. You know, another impact that reducing stress has is both our physical and our mental health. You know, if we're stressed out all the time, it can really take a toll on our mental health. It also can take a toll on your physical health. If you are stressed, it affects every component of your life, including your health. And you can get sick more frequently, more often, and more easily. And so it's absolutely paramount that we keep our health in um, in check and we reduce that stress to keep ourselves healthy. Reducing stress preserves relationships. I know that it has definitely taken a toll on, you know, my husband and I with when my stress level is high, I'm less patient, I'm less kind. It does take a toll in that way as well. You know, I'm less um, involved with my kids and, and my relationships outside of work suffer as well. So that stress reduction is so, so important. The last reason, which really isn't the last reason, it's just the last reason that I wanted to bring up as an example is it helps others learn. So for me in particular, I love the impact that I make by allowing other people to learn new tasks. Just today, I was able to give my employee three new tasks that I can take off my plate that I didn't even think of, but it just came to me. I was like, why am I the one doing this task when I could just show her how to do it? Um, And actually it was four new tasks because 
I am having her um, take over my email management, I noticed that I clear out my email probably five times a day. And that's because I get overrun by emails and I'm on a whole bunch of email subscription lists and it's not all clients. A lot of it is just garbage or stuff that needs to be done, you know, where I need to have an, an action item taken from my email and put into Asana, which I use for my project management. And so um, I was able to record Loom videos, L-O-O-M, if you guys have not used it before, it's fantastic for training of going through my email box and giving her examples of what can be, what needs to be saved and what needs to not be saved and really doing a detailed clean out of my email so that she can have a sense of what needs to be saved. But what I'm doing by giving her this opportunity is not only am I taking something off my plate, but I'm showing her, you know, I'm giving her the opportunity to do another skill. I'm giving her the trust that it takes to turn those types of things over to somebody else. And there's a sense of goodwill on my side and also just relief in the help, but she appreciates the trust that I put into her. You know, she, I asked her to do something to take some notes from a Facebook messenger conversation that I had the other day. And she was like, Oh, I feel like I'm invading your privacy. And I was like, no, go ahead. You know, it's okay. There's nothing to hide there. And so she's like, well, thank you so much for trusting me. You know? So I think what ultimately ends up happening is that trust that you extend to somebody else fosters loyalty. And so not only do you have the delegation of tasks, so you have the, all the benefits of the why of delegating, but you have assisted somebody else in gaining new skills and you have created a very loyal employee for a long time. So that's the why. And again, that's not inclusive of everything, but that's just a couple reasons that came up. So the next question that you need to ask yourself is the what, what are the things that you can delegate? And this list is so long but I'll just give you some ideas of what you can delegate. Um, you know, I gave you a couple ideas of what I'm delegating, but social media marketing is huge. I've heard so many people um, say that that is something they're not passionate about. I will say that it only works if you have a very clear idea of what your brand identity is. If you can't express that to somebody else extremely clearly and have like a basic brand kit put together with your colors, your fonts, but really communicating the heart of who you are and what your business is about. If you're not able to do that, there's no way that somebody else is going to be able to replicate that on social media. So that would be your first step. But then if you do have that, you can turn it over to somebody who's capable and I am so blessed to have somebody who really has tapped into my voice and um, who knows me so well and has been able to represent me so well on social media. And we can be a team in doing that and really work together. Um, and so it has been a huge blessing to me to be able to let that go and to participate, but not have to be responsible for all of the content creation. And so um, it allows me to be participating in the things that I care about and the things that I really want to dig into instead of feeling like I always have to post something every single day. So, you know, they can also manage your social media pages, your platforms, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. They can tip you off if somebody is contacting you for, you know, like a discovery call or networking purposes, they can give you messages that way. And then you're not having to keep track of that. You can have somebody do your promotional and advertising material design. So they can 
can create your business cards, your stationery, your logo, your brochures, door hangers, anything that you need done, somebody can do. Um, and you know, I always make sure that my employees that are in the creative side have a good sense of how to use Canva because that's what I use as my creation tool um, primarily. Um, Customer service, you can have them resolve customer complaints, handle issues, give information on products and service inquiries. There's a lot that somebody could do in customer service. Bookkeeping, I definitely outsource this. I had a bookkeeping company who was doing phenomenal for a super long time and I wanted to increase what was happening with my bookkeeping. So I actually have somebody who attaches receipts to, uh, so I have an employee now who part of her job is bookkeeping and I have her attach receipts to the QuickBooks transactions. So that gives them, you know, for me, it's fantastic because I'm bringing it in house, but I'm also getting a higher level of bookkeeping where not only are they managing my books and they're classifying everything properly, they're doing my taxes on a quarterly basis for, you know, for my B&O taxes and helping me tee up everything for my CPA at the end of the year. But she's also helping me keep everything organized with receipts, which is in the past has been a struggle for me. And so that's an awesome thing to outsource and, or just hire a book keeping company, you know, locally, that it can be, that was a huge relief off my shoulders. Um, when I did that initially, cause the taxes and just being prepared for all of that was like weighing over my head. I can do bookkeeping just fine, but number one, I'm not the fastest at it. And number two, there are things that I don't know. And so having somebody who does know do it, you know, just increases the efficacy of that side of the business. So you could have somebody do computer support. You could have them do market research for you. And the market research, you can find out, you know, what's your target market doing? What's the demographics? Scoping out competition. What are the trends in your industry? You could have somebody do profile designs for your social media. So have them create designs for your Twitter, your Facebook, all your other social media profiles and take notes on how to use Canva to design graphics and design images. There's so many administrative tasks that people can do for you, like making phone calls to customers, scheduling appointments, managing your calendar, data entry. So they can enter customer information into your CRMs and databases. So I have somebody on my team who I dictate all of my notes and they enter it in. So I don't even really have to touch my CRM because they are the ones that take care of that for me. That just seems to work better for me and be more time efficient. Lead generation. So there you can have somebody create free educational guides and white papers, press releases, ebook creation. You can have somebody make travel arrangements for you, like flight reservations or hotel reservations, email management. We talked about sorting your email and creating rules so that it auto sorts and then have them delete and unsubscribe for you. So those are just a few examples of the what there's it's infinite. I've had people order my groceries before I have had somebody and this always like grosses people out, but I've had somebody do my checkbook for me, like pay my bills for me and balance my checkbook. And I know that that is not for everybody, but I had established a huge level of trust with this person on my team and was able to work with her to show her how I do it myself. And then I was able to turn it over to her. That was one of the things things that I found I was neglecting a lot when I first started the business because my attention was 
elsewhere. And that's not my favorite thing to do. And that's really the first place to start when you're looking at if like none of these things on the list really tick a box for you. Look at what you're doing by making, I always recommend either a journal entry or a spreadsheet of all of the tasks that you do and make it exhaustive, like really, really go into it and say, what else? And what else? And what else? And then look at anything on the, um, on the list that can be broken down into smaller tasks and list them as smaller tasks, because maybe the task that you have is not comprehensive in who it's going to be assigned to. Maybe you do a part of it and then somebody else does other parts of it. And so breaking it down into the tiniest of pieces and being exhaustive in what you are writing down so that you can assess what are the things that are going by the wayside? What are the things that you're more likely to procrastinate on? These are the areas where you should start with when you are assigning tasks to someone else as all the things that need to be done, but aren't getting done or being procrastinated. These are things that you're likely not naturally good at or that you don't like to do. You might be good at them, but you don't like doing them. So those are things that are super great to delegate because they're going to be really easy for you to give them up. And then the others are going to be things that you think no one else can do. But over time, you may like, just like the email that I gave up, you may see, oh, I don't actually have to be the one that does all of these things. And if you trust that person, you can turn them over. So the third question that we want to answer is the who. Who is going to do the work? So there's a couple different sources for who can do the work. Number one, you want to decide whether or not you want to have a W-2 employee or an independent contractor. So my very first employee that I had is uh, somebody who's a college student. She's now 22, but at the time she was 20 and she was fantastically smart, but didn't have a ton of experience. And so I was able to train her in the way that I do my job, um, with financial advisors specifically. And she was flawless. I mean, just amazing at what she did. But I had said I wanted to find a 20-year-old me and I did. I found her and she is amazing. But because she didn't have experience and because I was training her on this task, the law clearly states that she cannot be an independent contractor. I mean, I can't give her a 1099 and have her be an independent contractor. I have to have her on payroll and I have to take out the taxes for her, which a lot of people don't want to do. So you have to think about that. If you're wanting somebody who's a more beginner and or you want to dictate their hours or you want to dictate what they wear if they're not a virtual employee, any of those types of things, you're going to have to have them be a W-2 employee. An independent contractor is somebody who has freelance or has their own business. So like the example that I gave of the bookkeeper, if they have their own business, they're an independent contractor or a freelancer. Those would be, you know, independent contractors. So those you would have to issue a 1099 through form through your probably your CPA at the end of the year. The next consideration when you're looking at the who of this is, do you want somebody who's domestic versus outsourced? So there's a case to be made for both. I'm very big on outsourcing, but for a lot of people, they want somebody in their own time zone. They want somebody, they're very passionate about them being domestic and they just want somebody here in the US. And that's 
okay, that's totally fine. I will say that you're probably gonna spend more on somebody here and it's not impossible to have somebody who's outsourced who'd be willing to work in your time zone. You're gonna probably pay a little bit more, but again, it will be still a lot less than somebody who's here in the United States. So this is not a knock on VAs or virtual assistants here in the United States, but it's just something that's a reality in that for some people, that's the barrier to entry as far as having assistance is they can't afford somebody here in the United States. And so an outsourced employee or independent contractor, if you will, is a better solution for them because they're going to be able to afford that person, whereas they might not be able to otherwise. So just a word on why outsource can be a more viable option to start with and why it's okay from an ethical standpoint, at least in my opinion, is that, like I said, affordability is huge. But also, if from an ethical standpoint, there are people who say, well, I feel bad that I'm not paying them as much as I would pay somebody here in the States. But really, if you think about it with what their cost of living is, you're really going to help that person. It is going to be something that is a living wage for them. And it also gives you a place to start. So just because you pay them something lower in the beginning doesn't mean that you can't give them raises or bonuses throughout the year and you know as time goes on. That's something that I've definitely incorporated into my business. And because I started them out at a reasonable wage that I could afford, it's given me the ability and the room to do that as time goes on. The last question that's essential for you to ask is how? So how are you going to find these people? Number one, there are a bunch of resources. There's Upwork, there's Fiverr, a site that I use in my virtual assistant matchmaking resource is onlinejobs.ph, which any of my clients could have gone on to onlinejobs.ph and found this person themselves, but it can also be a little overwhelming. So your choices are you can wing it and just pick somebody. You can research it and you can, you know, go on one of these websites and just go through the process and go through finding somebody by going through all of the resumes, doing Zoom interviews, and it can be a little challenging or you can get some help. So one of the resources that my company offers is virtual assistant matchmaking. And what that means is that we actually go through onlinejobs.ph. We list the job description on there for our clients. We do all the, the employment screening for the applications. We do all of the initial interviews. And then the top three candidates we present to our clients with samples of their work and with the previous interview, the, the um, screening interview video so they're able to see that and make a selection based off of the top three candidates. And so there, I'm sure there are other resources out there that offer something like that as well, but that's something that we offer. And if that's something that you'd be interested in, feel free to reach out to me on social media, or you can also email me. My email is raya at adminprestige.com. But like I said, this is something that if you wanted to buckle down and do the work yourself, is something totally accessible to anyone on one of these sites or, you know, any of the other sites that offer freelance work or, you know, offer the ability to connect with somebody who would be looking for this type of job. You know, word of mouth is also really important. If you're wanting somebody, especially if you want somebody to 
domestic, look around, you know, ask the people, tell them what you need. Say, hey, I'm really looking for an assistant and I need somebody who meets all of these needs. Who do you know? Or do you know anyone who might know someone? And that's how I found my very first assistant was I called somebody who's one of my best friends from high school who works for Microsoft in HR. And I said, this is what I need. And can you put your feelers out there? And within a day I had this resume and it was, she was perfect. So, you know, there's something to be said about throwing it out in the universe and asking for what you need and you never know what you're going to find. And you know, all of these things are super important to answer for yourself before you look for an assistant. If you don't know yet what, you know, why for you, what's the why? What's the what? What do you need? Who, you know, if you don't know who you'd like in terms of domestic versus outsourced or W-2 versus independent contractor, if you don't know how you're going to find them, that can be a really confusing and overwhelming process. So if you have any questions on delegating, please let me know. Um, You can do that in the group or you can email me or message me directly. And I am happy to walk through that with anyone, but it's super important, you guys. We can't do it all ourselves. There's just no way. And even if you're in the very inception of your business, just know that there's help out there that you can afford. And it's really important for our health, our family, and just our quality of life that we do. So that is how to delegate that shit. Thank you guys so much for being with me on this episode. I hope that you'll join me next time. This is Raya Gonzalez with the Client Experience Revolution Podcast, and we'll talk soon. 